0: Surrender your life to the creator of the universe will make you less of a man? I would propose it'll make you more of a man. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena, this episode comes from Jim's live message on saying goodbye to fear. After listening to this episode, please go and leave us a positive review, and if we announce your name, we will send you some swag. Enjoy this episode. Why is this season of COVID-19 so darn disturbing to me? And why am I so afraid? We're dealing with your fear. Today is a bottom line watershed moment. I know, guys, we don't like to talk about fear. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm just wearing this mask. You know, I i don't have any fear. Well, why are you wearing the mask? Well, the government's mandated. Well, has it, you know... That's, you know, there's a difference between fear and rebellion. I understand that. And I believe in Romans 13, one through six as well to come under the governing authorities. But at what point does our fear hinder us from becoming our best version? And the bigger question is, what do you fear right now? Do you fear? uh, I mean, what's the big fear? Are you afraid about your health right now? Are you afraid about the health of a loved one? Are you afraid about your job? I don't know about you, but how about uh, being afraid for your country and what's going on there? And so there's a fine line between fear and rebellion. And I want to help rectify and help uh, help us to understand how to have victory over our fear. You know, fear, is a, fear as a noun isn't what you might think it is. The definition of fear, the noun is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause us pain or a threat. So now when we think about COVID-19 and the fear surrounding that, let's, let's do this. So what's the worst thing? Let's, let's, this is, I've done this in my own life, which I'm going to share later. What's the worst thing that can happen during COVID-19? I get it and I die. If you're a Christian. Uh, your wife gets a lot of your life insurance policy. You're in heaven. Life goes on. I mean, really, what's the worst thing? Do you fear death as a Christian? I, man, I hope, I hope you don't fear death as a Christian. How about this? I can unknowingly affect someone I love with the virus. That, that is legit, right? That is legit. How about this? We can have a total economic collapse. I mean, on paper, we're heading towards it. Uh, we are in a very bad place. So that's a, that's a definite fear. How about this? I can lose my job or my business. Some of you are business owners. Uh, I run a nonprofit business. We have three employees. And uh, we're getting ready to hire a fourth one here in June. And the money's doing this. So there is a fear element there, potentially, right? I could lose my house. Uh, and it progresses from there, right? I lose my job. I lose my business. I lose my house. I lose my car. I lose my, my Labrador retriever. I lose you know, my gun, cl- I, you know, I lose all these things, right? And so it just kind of goes, I don't lose. didn't lose my Labrador Retriever. I went to go buy one and I bought a transmission and said my Labrador Retriever is in somebody else's family. <laughs> anyway, so so here are some fears. I'm looking at the top fears during COVID-19. Here are my top fears. Loss of life, uh, not mine, but what I, when I talk to people, loss of life, loss of a loved one, loss of income, and loss of the American way or the American dream, right? It really comes down to those four things. So now, I want you to put this into perspective. Imagine you were born in 1900, the year 1900. You're born in 1900. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people die in that war. Later that year, in 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday and over Fifty million people die on your. So you're you got you have about a seven or eight year run here. Then on your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25. World the world GDP drops to 27, percent and that goes until you're 33. And what bails us out at 33 is World War II. I'm sorry um, runs until you're 33. The country then nearly collapses along with the economy. But when you turn 39, World War II starts. It's like, if you're born in 1900, it's like the picture of the deer standing next to the other deer. And the deer has a birthmark on his chest. And the one deer says, the deer with a birthmark. Bummer of a birthmark, How? I mean, if you're born in 1900, bu- what a bummer. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. And between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people die in World War II. I mean, you're you're only you're only 45. At age 50, the Korean War starts and 5 million perish. At age 55, the Vietnam War starts and doesn't end for 20 years and 4 million people perish. On your 62nd birthday, you have to deal with the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on your planet as we know it should have ended. Great leaders prevented that from happening. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone on the planet born in 1990 or 1900. How did they survive all of that? When you were a kid in 1985, did you even, th- I didn't think about this, that my 85-year-old grandparents, I, I didn't understand how hard they may have had it, yet they made it through everything listed above, and we worry about junior missing call high school graduation, and we worry that, that uh, you know, uh, we have to stand six feet behind somebody in the grocery store. It brings perspective to how we are handling fear in this time. And how do we respond to the season in this time as believers? For the past three weeks, I've been very pragmatic. I've given you practical application to what the Bible says during this time. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to bottom line this. I'm going to end with a climax. I want to hit you, uh, you know, bummer of a birthmark, Hal. I'm going to hit you in the bullseye today. And I really want to target your heart. And I want to ask you this question. Why do you have fear as a follower of Jesus, or let's just stop that. Why do you have fear? Why are you afraid right now? Philippians two, verse eight, listen to this. We're gonna look at Jesus and we're gonna see how he handled the fear of crucifixion. Listen, verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself under, under, this isn't in the Bible, under the father's authority and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So this is Jesus, right? And so one of the ways that we can learn from Jesus is we can overcome our fear during COVID-19 by humbling ourselves before God and letting him take care of us. Frederick Douglass once said, I prayed for 20 years and received no answer until I prayed with my legs. You see, humility leads to life. It's sin that leads to death. Humility leads to life. Jesus in the garden. Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. He went a little beyond the disciples. He fell on his face and prayed, Father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. 1 Peter 5, 6. I love the picture in 1 Peter 5, 6. Peter says, therefore, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand. And he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. It's a picture of us coming under God in humility and him lifting us up. Look at that. Is that the safest picture in the universe? God cupping you in his hands? It's, it's one of those beautiful pictures that we see in scripture of us humbling ourselves under God and say, God, I want to come under your authority and God, you will lift me up you will lift me up in due time. Overcoming fear, listen, this is really important. Overcoming fear takes tremendous humility and trust. And I think the problem with a lot of believers running around right now is we really don't trust God. When fear impacts our lives, what we really believe bubbles to the surface, right? What we really believe bubbles up. And I think during this time, what we really believe is we really believe in our bank statement. We really believe in our government uh, workers. We really believe that our government will take care of us, right? We really believe in our employees, but do we really believe in Jesus? Do we really, really trust him to the point where we can go, it's all in your hands. Jesus trusted the Father. He left us a model to trust him. As a follower of Jesus, we should not be freaking out about what's going on right now in our world unless we truly aren't under his authority. We stepped out on our own. Verse 9 continues because once we've Once we've humbled ourselves under God, once we've allowed him to lift us up, once we're in this position, this is the position every believer should be in, right? Once we're in this position, verse 9 begins, we're positioned, perfectly positioned for verse 9 to give us a miracle. And here's the miracle in verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So we overcome our fears during COVID-19 by, and I, I know you're going, Ramos, this is all you ever say. I mean, it's like, this is like big dumb jock gospel. It is. All you have to do is commit your heart fully to him. I mean, do it Get wherever you are. Commit your heart fully to him. I mean, I do it every day. I have to do it every day because if I don't do it every day, I lose track. I dwindle. I diminish I drift downstream. Nothing living drifts downstream. So I have to get up daily and give my life to him. And you know what I I learned from verse 9 here? Look at verse 9. Gave him the highest place, and the name that is above every name. Do you know there is no one higher than Jesus? There is no one who you can trust beyond Jesus to take your fears. Jesus said, and I know you may be watching this and you may believe something different than what I believe. And that's fine. I mean, that's totally fine. But Jesus said something really bold. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is a bold claim. And as followers of Jesus, we make the bold statement that you need to be all in for Jesus and nobody else. There's no other God no other name no other savior no other Lord that will take you where you need to go in John 11:25 Jesus said talking about the highest name I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in him though they die they will live I got to tell you something so when I think about being exalted like when I say I'm in this position right I've humbled myself under God's mighty hand he's 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 I'm here God's here I'm here I've positioned myself for him to offer me a miracle of exaltation, right? He will put me on display, right? He will lift me up to the world and let me be the light on the the hill, the city on the hill, the light of the world. I got to share this wonderful honor that has been bestowed upon the men in the arena. Not myself, but the men in the arena as an organization. We were asked about a month ago, and I haven't really shared this, so I'm making this public now. A month ago, we were asked by the National Coalition of Men's Ministries, so it is really the hub of men's ministries in this country. I've been asked, we've been asked, my, me, Dale, Sammy, uh, our board members, our team captains, our arena coaches, all of our volunteers, we have been asked, our army has been asked to sit on the board of directors. We are the only organization this side of the Rockies. That is a huge honor that started with 15 small town guys in a coffee shop. How does that happen? We aren't that good and we aren't that smart, but I'll tell you what, we are in a place where God has said, I'm going to take these guys. I'm, they've put themselves here. And I got to tell you, when we first launched this ministry, we had no severance package. We had no money. We had no savings account. Our, we, we, our, we, we, there was a lot of fear mixed with a lot of faith. We stepped out in faith. We said, God, we don't know what you're doing here, but God, you can help us. What was the worst that can happen? I was afraid of being failing and being embarrassed. I was embarrassed of losing my house and having, and, and having to get a job in another state. I mean, all these things played out. We went all in anyway. And at the 11th hour, 11, 11 o'clock, 11.59 and 50 seconds, God bailed us out. And he's continued to bail us out ever since. And so for me, when I look at people now who are struggling with, Oh, I don't have a job. I don't have this. i like, Hey, trust Jesus. And even in the worst case scenario, you lose your house, you lose your job, you lose your career. It's not really that bad in the kingdom, the grand kingdom drama. And I know right now it feels bad, but It's not that bad. I mean, we're in that situation. I've run a nonprofit organization. The money's doing this. I've got a wife now who's not working. She she will probably be furloughed. Nobody's flying, and she's a flight attendant in October. But we are pressing into Jesus. We are leaning into the ministry, and good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, we are giving him our entire lives because only he is worthy to be exalted, and, and I can trust him to exalt us in due time. So we have to trust him and position ourselves. Verse 10, the last thing I want to share with you, this is the great tragedy of mankind. Verse 10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here is the great tragedy. Overcoming your fear of COVID-19 starts When you bow your knee to Jesus, every knee, the Bible says, should bow. But here's the the kicker. Not every knee does bow. Every knee should bow, but not every knee does bow. And I want to say this to you, all of you who are watching. We're going to have thousands of people watch this the next week. Cognitive ascent is not belief. Cognitive assent, agreeing with Christianity does not mean that you are a Christian. What is bubbling over you right now, what is bubbling to the surface during this time is exposing your belief. During times of fear, what we truly believe in is exposed. Jesus, uh, Paul said about Jesus in 1 Timothy 2.5, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And in Acts 4.12, Paul said, salvation is found in nowhere else for there was no other name in heaven or earth for which you will be saved. I've got a dear, 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 dear relative of mine. And we had a conversation years ago and my relative acknowledged he was created by God, acknowledged God loved him, acknowledged God had a plan for his life, Acknowledge everything I believe about Christianity. Everything I believe and have given my life to, he agreed with 100%. And when I pulled the trigger and said, okay, it's time for you to get, receive Jesus, he said, whoa, 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 no. I don't want that to happen. I said, why? He goes, well, he'll Jesus doing that will make me less of a man. Really? So surrender your life to the creator of the universe will make you less of a man? I would propose it will make you more of a man. And I want to share this with you. We have had the glorious opportunity in Oregon about an hour from my house in Kaiser, Oregon to have the second ever in and out burger in our state. And I have not been there yet. The lines have been too huge, but I'll tell you what, when I do, I'm going to get a double double animal style protein style off the secret menu. It is glorious. But what is insane to me is if I were to, if the In-N-Out Burger ever opened their doors and invited me in, and I were to walk into In-N-Out Burger and proclaim, I am a double-double animal-style protein-style burger. I'm the burger, I'm an In-N-Out Burger, I'm the burger. I would be thrown in a straitjacket, locked up, hauled into a minivan to some undisclosed location, and I would be there because I would be insane. Putting me in In-N-Out burger does not make me a an anim, double-double animal-style, protein-style burger. And here's what I want to say to you today, and this may rock your world. Church is not synonymous with Christian. I'm going to rock your world even more. Christian is not synonymous with Christian. The question is, as you have seen the fears bubble during COVID-19, as you have seen them bubble to the surface, you've been able to identify points in your life where you truly put your trust and truly put your faith, I wanna ask you this question. Are you a passionate, full-on, full-throttle, radical, surrendered follower of Jesus Christ? Or have you made the 18-inch journey from your head? That is a, that's one heck of a journey right there, from your heart, from your head to your heart. That's a journey. Have you made the journey? It the Bible says this that if you confess with your mouth, confess, agree with Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, like radically lean into Jesus, that you that he that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You have to believe with all your heart. And John told us in John 112, all who received him, for those who chose to believe in his name, to them he became the right to become children of God. Listen. One day, every knee should bow, but not every knee will. Not every knee will. The question is, will yours? You should confess and you should bow, but will you and have you? And I want you to ask that question. Do you really, radically, and does your life represent that you have given your life to Jesus? Is this where you, is this the position that you hold in eternity? Therefore, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Is this you right now? Or is this you right now with no foundation at all? Winging it and flinging it, baby. Making up the rules as you go. Or is this you right now? Okay, God. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, 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 I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Where are you right now? This is where we should be. Not here. Not here. And not here. I hope that help here is your reflection and response from what I've said today. Do you trust Jesus as your Lord and savior? Only you can answer that. If you in your heart know that you have not fully surrendered to him. Now is the time for you to right where you are, pull over. If you're driving, get on a knee, get on your knees, Do the Frederick Douglass, right? I prayed for 20 years, it didn't help me until I prayed with my legs. And give your heart to Jesus. Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins.